Hi, everyone. Welcome to Refine and Grow with Justin and Lindsay. My name is Lindsay Allen. And my name is Justin Euler. And this is your podcast for proven strategies on navigating and managing work life. In this episode, we're going to hit on a topic that I think for a long time was somewhat anathema for me, but I know for others is something they have less struggled with. And that's around whether you should take the call from a recruiter or respond to a notification on LinkedIn when a recruiter is reaching out to you around a possible opportunity. And I will tell you that my personal ethic is I tend to be very loyal to an organization, especially one that has treated me well. And particularly if it contains individuals that I feel extremely connected to, it could be a leader, It could be a colleague or a set of colleagues. It could be folks that are working for me. I would say that remains true to this day. But I oftentimes conflated loyalty with turning down an approach from a recruiter. So I would often ignore opportunities that came to me in the name of loyalty, in the name of not just loyalty to the company, but loyalty to my colleagues. For a long time, I really did myself a disservice. The flip side of that is, of course, someone who's always job shopping someone who's always looking for the next opportunity, almost a kind of a a career fear of missing out. That could be another topic altogether is guarding yourself, protecting yourself from being in a position where someone looks at your resume and says, holy cow, this cat switches jobs every year to two and a half years. That's a massive red flag. But the flip side is I'm 48 years old and I have had three employers my entire career. And only two of those employers have been in the private sector. And I said no to a lot of recruiters over the years and potentially missed out on some really interesting opportunities. Now, I think my career has gone well, but what's even more important than missing out on opportunities, because I don't want to make this a FOMO conversation, it's really the fact that those recruiter opportunities are actually opportunities to maintain and sharpen your interviewing skills, maintain and keep fresh your resume, as well as considering alternate opportunities that you may have not otherwise looked for. Lastly, it's about keeping your network fresh and those communication channels open so that when the unexpected does happen, you have established relationships with recruiters and with organizations that though you may turn them down at one point in your career, they still may very much want your expertise and your experience and be open to talking to you at another point in your career. So I think those are all excellent reasons to take the call, to talk to the recruiter, to listen to the opportunity, to keep your resume fresh and clean and up to date, and frankly, to keep your interview skills really sharp. Yeah. I think practicing your interview skills benefits you in multiple ways. I mean, a lot of people get the nerves when they're interviewing for a role that they're really going for. But if you've been practicing with recruiters who have reached out to you, you get rid of some of that nervousness that comes with it. But also you learn about the cultures and the people who are the right type of fit for different organizations that are interested in you. So I've always seen talking to a recruiter as, yeah, they're interviewing me and learning more about me, but I'm interviewing them Mm. and learning more about their company because I want to know what my options are if and when I decide it is time to change careers. And I remember, Justin, one of the pieces of advice you gave me early on 10 plus years ago was that when you do make a decision to leave a company, you should always do it when you're satisfied 
not when you're frustrated about what's going on with the company, because that's an emotional decision and changing career paths, you want to be a rational decision. So it can't be because you've got this specific conflict and you're just giving up and leaving. I mean, I'm sure if I, an exception to that, I don't mean it's not safe for you or something like that, but if you've liked your job previously, it ebbs and flows your satisfaction, your job satisfaction, but it's pretty consistently been that you're well satisfied and something happens, a new initiative or a new boss or something that makes you feel like maybe I don't want to work here anymore. And I'm really upset about this. You don't want to just go to the first job, the first place that will take you. You want to have this network of recruiters and companies, you know, which ones are a cultural fit because you said yes, when you were satisfied previously. And you also want to wait for that issue that you're experiencing at your current company to resolve at least partially to make sure that you're making the right decision when you go to your next career. I think sometimes people just kind of go, yeah, YOLO, you only live once. Let me just <laughs> try this out. And it really should be a well thought out strategy and plan when you are making changes in your career, because you do not want to be in a position where you're working for a company that you thought was one thing. And it turns out there's something completely different. Yeah. There's two other things that really key off of that. One in particular is I have always found that when you are entertaining an opportunity or pursuing an opportunity, it gives you the opportunity to take a step back and assess your values and see if there's a value alignment or if this new opportunity better aligns with your values. So I've always coached and counseled both myself and others that you should list your top three to five core values when it comes to work, right? Mm -hmm. So one value for me, that's one of my strongest is flexibility. I want as much flexibility as possible. So I've said no to many really interesting well-paying, highly beneficial opportunities because it restricted my flexibility. For some people, it's money. Now, imagine for all of us, money is somewhere in that top five. For me, it's usually number three-ish. It's important, but it's not the most important thing. But what has become more important over the years is the type of compensation I'm getting. So is there an equity stake? What is the variable compensation or the bonus package look like? How solid are the benefits for the organization? That's also a high value that I'll place when I look at an organization. The health, the culture, the opportunity for or advancement, not just advancement in title, but in intellectual advancement to grow my capabilities, to grow my skills, to dive into uncharted waters. Those are some of the values that I look at when I'm entertaining an opportunity. So I think it's really important to kind of sit down, go, what do I value? How does my current employer map to those values? And that way, you know, when a new opportunity comes up, you can evaluate that. It's kind of a test for you to go, is this an opportunity I should consider? And you might find that in point of fact, the opportunity sitting in front of you um, will better align with your values and it may be time for a move. Yeah. Having that list of the top five core values you're looking for will enable you to ask the right questions when you are sitting for interviews and it's your turn to ask questions about the company. I'm similar. I feel like a lot of people just go based off of pay and benefits. 
and don't recognize that there's a lot more to consider and whether or not it's something they can do, their skill set. I'm not over here trying to go for any IT dev <laughs> jobs because I don't have that skill set. So that's a given that it's got to be within my wheelhouse of skills and interest. But in addition, empowerment is really important to me. I want to know that I have some decision-making rights, that I can lead, that I can be strategic. The promotional path is huge. That's mm. huge because I've worked for companies where it's not completely clear and it's rough when you are trying to get promoted. I put pay and benefits separate to simplify mm. because I do know some people who like a spouse works, but doesn't have great benefits and benefits might be more important to that family household than the actual salary. But yeah, salary and benefits are lower for me. It is about flexibility. It's about empowerment. And then, I mean, you touched on this, but the way I think about it is, are there people I can learn from? Are yeah. there opportunities to have folks who can mentor? That might actually be my number one, because if I yeah. can't learn from people and become better, that's really the biggest thing I want to get out of my career. Yeah. I do not want to be the smartest guy in the room ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want folks around me that I can learn from and grow from and, and be challenged by. That's what really makes work interesting to me is that persistent challenge. Yeah. And one way that you can kind of learn that when you are engaging with a recruiter, I will ask people, well, I'll ask a recruiter if there's somebody who I can talk to that would be on a similar level to mine in the interview process, but I'll also ask the recruiter themselves, what's the best and most difficult thing about working here? That's one of my go-to questions. Yeah. And I've noticed the places I worked where I learned the most, the answer to the best thing about working there was people. Yeah. The people. Yeah. That's what's kept me at a lot of places when compensation has frankly been non-competitive. I've stayed because of the people and, and the work. The last couple of things on this topic is really around, and one of them is kind of selfish. When you go through these interview processes, when you talk to the recruiters, and when you go to some degree down the road of interviewing for another position, quite frankly, I learn a lot. I think it's really interesting, fascinating to learn from different companies and how they interview and what questions they ask and why they ask them. So sometimes I'll engage in the process. I never want to waste someone's time, but if there's legitimate interest in the opportunity and the interview process is a whole lot of fun, I like to stay engaged until I recognize that this is not an opportunity I should be spending any more time on. I've learned a lot. It's changed the way I've interviewed. It's changed the questions that I've asked. It's changed the way I've set up my own interviewing processes for my old practice. It's been a great place to learn and grow from when it comes to not only acquiring talent, but assessing talent. And that's something I think I've actually become very good at. In part, it's been aided by my own participation in opportunities. That's a good call out as well. A good differentiation to make. Originally, when we're saying always take the call, we're talking about the call from the recruiter who is trying to decide if you want to move forward with the interview. And then there's also, if you say, yes, I do want to move forward because the conversation with the recruiter went well and you've learned about the culture and you're like, I do want to learn more about this and the role. And you think, wow, I wasn't expecting to want to change jobs, but this is really a role I find more interested. Then you're going to start the interview process with the folks who work there and then an opportunity to build that skill set as well. You should feel empowered to be the one who makes the final decision, whether you went through the entire interview process and didn't realize until the very last round that it wasn't the right fit or whether you are very loyal to your company like Justin and I are and really love it there, but you've found a new position that you didn't realize existed before, but that option wasn't there and you've realized that it's a better fit for you and your yeah. priorities. 
Yeah, I think the last thing on this, and Lindsay touched on this earlier is, and actually I mentioned it earlier as well, it's keeping that network fresh and those lines of communication open. And you never know when you're going to want to circle back. You may say no at some point to an opportunity that's presented to you only to come back maybe months or years later to that individual. The other thing I'll say on that is it's not only going back to that individual, but it's those individuals coming back to you. If they had a good experience with you, if they saw your skills, capabilities, and talents and identified you as someone that they would want to hire in the future, even though you say no now, if you've left a really good impression, they may circle back at a later time when there really is an interesting opportunity that best fits with who you are and what you want to do. And the last thing I'll say on this point is that in my career, I just recently shifted roles just over the holidays. The best opportunities often come because of those pre-existing long-standing relationships from people that know you, trust you, that understand the kind of value that you can bring to their team or their organization. They're going to reach out and they're going to give you a call. And some of those relationships can be established through those LinkedIn or recruiter calls that will come. So it may not be about the opportunity that they're presenting today. It could be about the opportunity that comes down the pike a year, two years, three years from now. You can't monetize that, right? It's worth its weighted gold. Right. There's so much truth to it's not what you know, it's who you know. That's super important. And I think if you go back to season one and the episode where we talked about building solid relationships, it's so important to prioritize your relationships as you go through your career because you never know when that relationship might be needed, whether it's for networking for a new job opportunity, or often I actually will use LinkedIn where I've connected with people through interviews and recruiting or through working with them. And we have some common contact and I will ask my old contacts, Hey, I'm now working with so-and-so. Can you tell me a little bit about them? What do they enjoy working on? How do we approach them? And so building out that network, it's so helpful. And the more people in your network, the better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll kind of finish with a quick story. I I had a managing vice president that I worked for in Seattle. I worked for him for about a decade, but he had been with the company in some aspect and in the Seattle office for over 30 years. He was definitely one of the five top key leaders within our firm. And we got a new CEO and there were a lot of personnel changes and a lot of the old guard executive team eventually ended up departing. And he was one of the last to leave. He and I got together for lunch probably a year or two after he had left. And he said, you know, Justin, the biggest mistake I ever made in my career was not picking up the phone when I got a call from a recruiter. I associated loyalty with ignoring the recruiter call. And I realized what a disservice it had done for me because I no longer had a robust network outside of my immediate professional life at the company in which we worked. I had become rusty at interviewing. I didn't even realize how rusty at interviewing I had become. And he said his resume took tens of hours to retool, refresh. He actually ended up hiring a resume consultant to help him reframe all of the value that he had contributed to our company over the course of 30 plus years. And he also realized that he had allowed himself to get stale and kind of single track himself and ignored some opportunities and may have just been interesting. He ended up going into a very different line of work after 30 plus years at our firm, but doing work I think he was really passionate about in education. So all that to say, you should take the call. There are multiple benefits to taking that call. 
you certainly don't want to waste a recruiter's time and you don't want to waste your own time, but I think it's always good to pick up the phone, listen to the opportunity that's being presented to you, go down that road if it aligns with your values. At the very least, you'll keep your resume fresh, you'll keep your network fresh, you'll keep your interviewing opportunity sharp, and you may open up a relationship that will come back to mutually benefit both of you months or years down the road. And all of this, I would say, is in the context of one, mitigating risk that you'll wait until things are bad enough in your current situation before you'll look for a new opportunity. And then secondarily, that you'll just find yourself under the very good auspices of loyalty, sticking at something that doesn't stretch you, grow you, and then give you a passion for what you do. That's all for today. Don't forget to head out to our website to download the tips and tricks worksheet from today's episode, download case studies, subscribe to our podcast and newsletter and more. And tune in next week for an all new episode. Thanks for listening.